3: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
4: Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now.
5: Certain portions of what you're about to hear have been dramatized based on real life events, eyewitness accounts, and court records.
6: I didn't ever know if she was scamming people, but when she did things like that, I was like, "You're not, you're not donating money to cystic
3: fibrosis."
5: Con artist Marianne Elizabeth Smith is shameless.
3: She used a picture of her dead daughter. I mean, that's another level. That is another level.
5: She scams hundreds of thousands from dozens of victims in Northern Ireland, and some of them don't take it lying down.
7: It
8: was literally Irish gangsters, mobsters looking for blood.
5: She even scams the mentally ill while hiding out from the law in a Los Angeles area group home, pretending to be mentally ill herself.
9: I think just the
2: promise of sex was what was doing it for those guys.
5: The more I uncover, the more I become obsessed with bringing her to justice. And
10: it's taking a toll on me and on the people I love.
3: You were going down this rabbit hole and I couldn't help but be worried.
10: I was to the point where I was like, I don't know if we can be friends. But I just keep pushing harder and harder
5: until eventually progress.
0: My fugitives unit ended up getting Miss Marianne
5: Smith in custody each day, but not surprisingly, she still has a few tricks up her sleeve. When Marianne Smith showed up at Ellie's criminal courthouse today, she was sporting a pair of crutches, and she pulls her most outrageous and impressive con one month before trial. And this time, she's determined to make me pay to save her own ass. If a judge grants this
0: restraining order. You won't be allowed in a courtroom to testify against her during the criminal trial.
5: I'm Jonathan Walton, and this is Queen of the Con. Episode 8, The Trial. It has been three years since you prosecuted Marianne Smith. Have you ever forgotten it?
7: I've never forgotten it.
5: No. Los Angeles deputy DA. Jessica Plasic, handles the preliminary hearing for the people versus Marianne Smith in May of 2018. What do you remember most about this case?
7: Remember most, I think, that day in court when you said I have some other people here. And I turned around to like the gallery and there were about two rows of people there, just very invested, wanted to make sure that, you know, justice was in fact served. And then I think I realized just then how important the case was to you and everyone. I knew how important it was speaking with you, Mm -hmm. but to see everyone there and to see how the support group came about there was a legitimate support group and all of you needed to lean on each other as much as you may have needed to lean on them and that stuck with me not not anything about the case the legal workup just
5: so that is not typical
7: i i can't speak for anyone else but for me i realized how important that case was to you and everyone else there so that was one of the most profound things i think for me
5: Deputy D.A. Plasic does an incredible job during the preliminary hearing and successfully convinces a judge that a jury trial is warranted. You were amazing. You were like a bulldog. Like you were so diligent about everything. Thank you. You're welcome. But a jury trial now raises the stakes of everything because convincing 12 jurors that Marianne Smith is a con artist is not going to be easy. All one juror needs is reasonable doubt about me or my testimony for Mayor to get away. And the restraining order she files against me can easily do the trick. She files a bogus restraining order against me. She says I'm threatening her life. This is like one month before trial. And the only reason I found out about it, A, because there's a God, and B, I got a lawyer's advertisement in the mail like, do you need help with your domestic violence restraint, I'm like, what? So I log on, and with the case number, I'm like, oh my god. So I I hire a civil attorney, and the civil attorney explains, if a judge grants this restraining order, you might not be allowed to testify against her in the criminal trial, because you won't be allowed near her. And I'm like, oh my god. Now, if you're a juror, and Big Bad Wolf Jonathan Walton is not allowed in the courtroom because she's so damned. Like, that's not good for our case. Maybe that's
7: not going to look too well. Right?
5: This was her checkmate move. This was her checkmate and, move. And
7: somebody would really have to prove that that civil restraining order was false, which is a whole separate ballgame oh a month yes. before trial. Yes, because <laughs> so
5: I had to pay $1,500 to hire this lawyer, and he says to me, how believable is she? And I'm like, she's very believable. Like, she scammed a bunch of, like... She's believable. He's like, "Well, you don't want this, you don't want this before a judge then, because the judge could believe her. Because in these cases, the judge believes the, the woman. Like I'm the man, I'm harming her. And part of that restraining order, she has a picture of a bald, fat guy in her church, three pews ahead of her that she says is me. This is him stalking me in my church. If someone three pews ahead of you is not stalking you. they'd be behind you. They, you don't stalk someone by sitting in front of them and looking back at them, right? But again, this was all part of her thing. This was her master plan.
7: That's that's scary. Did you know about that? No, I did not.
5: Brilliant, right?
7: To accuse somebody of stalking you in a place of worship. Yeah. By manipulating photographs of not even the right person.
5: Yeah. <laughs> that's. And here's what's even funnier or sadder or both is I was working on I was producing on that show on Discovery American Chopper Father. Motorcycles. Yes, they build motorcycles. So, I'm with my other producer people, and when I find all this out, and I have the picture, and I and we try to we try to duplicate the picture where I sit sideways and pose, and all my friends start laughing. They're like, "Kind of does look like you." not no,
7: that's like the worst thing they could say. Well, because I need, you need their honesty though. Well, no, I do
5: because I was going to make a case to the judge. I'm like, "This is not me, Your Honor. Clearly, it's not me." But they're like. Kinda looks like you. cuz a bald, overweight guy, side profile, looking down, praying. But my buddy Evan disagrees, <laughs> if only to spare my feelings.
10: I laughed when you sent it to me because it's not your face. It's like, you know, side. It might as well be like of the Loch Ness monster or Bigfoot. You can't make out any details, but the vague shape, and you got a bald head, and it was funny that she's passing whoever that. I'm sure very nice bald fat man. <laughs> Whoever that was, off as you. What else can she do? At the end of the day, no one wants to go to jail. And you will do anything to get out of jail. The one advantage
5: I have going for me, though, is that Mayor has not actually paid a process server to deliver her restraining order to me, or serve the restraining order, as it's known in the court system. It essentially doesn't exist until it's served. I only find out about it after receiving a lawyer's advertisement in the mail which prompts me to hire a lawyer. So luckily the lawyer told me, he's like, have you been served yet? I'm like, no. He's like, well, just don't get served. I'm like, what does that mean? Don't answer your door. Do you have a back way in? I'm like, I'm a gay guy. Of course I got a back way in. (laughs) He laughed too. (laughs) So she tried to serve me like 20 times. And I just didn't answer the door. Is that a crime? No.
7: You only have to prove you're avoiding service.
5: Right. Well, I'm in LA. I'm not answering the door. If I don't know you're coming, I'm not answering the door. Right?
7: I don't like answering the door for anyone.
5: This ain't Idaho. Right? But really, in a big city, you know who's coming to visit you. If you have a strange knock on your door, my advice, don't answer.
7: Yeah, I wouldn't answer it either. That's how
5: home invasions Especially happen.
7: Especially with all these impersonations. Yes. Come on, let's look how we got here in the first place. Exactly.
5: So. A week before the trial, knocking on my door trying to serve me this bogus restraining order and the trial starting. And luckily, the trial started without me ever getting served, so it was never a problem. And a civil court judge ends up dismissing Mayor's bogus restraining order altogether, clearing the way for me to be in the same courtroom as her for the trial. Okay. People
9: versus Mary Ann Smith, page number BA PA, 465903.
5: There are a total of 17 court appearances over a 10-month period before the trial actually begins in January of 2019, which is almost two years after I first go to police.
9: Um,
5: Los Angeles Superior Court Judge Craig Veals wants Mayor to settle. Meaning, he wants Deputy DA Jeff McGee, who's prosecuting mayor, to offer her a plea deal so the city of Los Angeles can spare the expense and the uncertainty of a trial.
8: The offer that I've conveyed for Max's five years, uh, we would strike the out on jail allegation and offer her the midterm of two years, which in charge, as the court knows, would be served at 50% income in county
5: jail. 50% of two years is one year. I failed college algebra five times, but that much I know. So the DA is offering Mayor one year in jail if she just pleads guilty to scamming me, as opposed to the maximum five-year sentence she'll get if she's convicted at trial. But Mayor quickly rejects the plea offer. So the judge asks her attorney,
9: and how our offer is, we don't have a counteroffer yet.
5: Apparently, Mayor Smith is confident she can convince a jury to find her not guilty. That seems crazy, but if you know one thing about con artists, it's that they love to take chances. Why? Because the phrase con artist is actually short for confidence artist. They use their victims' confidence in them to scam them, and they're also audaciously confident themselves in how they walk, how they talk, and how they lie. You can never know what they're really thinking, as Mare freely admits to one of the victims she's scamming on that life coaching session.
3: I have a poker face. Uh If I don't want you to see what I'm feeling, you are not gonna know that I'm mad or angry or happy or sad.
5: But will a jury fall for Mare's poker face? We shall see.
9: Smith is uh, present. She is out of custody and is with counsel. The people are present and represented.
5: My buddy, Evan Goldstein, has watched me push this giant boulder of a case up the steep hill of the justice system from the very beginning.
10: So you've gone ultimately, what, a year or two now, like trying to build a case against her? You do all this legwork, you talk to the victims, you make this case, you're sitting in court. How does it feel at that point? What's happening in your head? I was a basket case.
5: I wasn't sleeping. And the trial was traumatizing for me. Thankfully though, I'm not in this alone. You just
6: only the testimony they gave and cause before this court it should be the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but
5: the truth out of that. Remember the Newport Beach engineer, Bob? he agrees to testify against Mayor.
8: After swiping right on Tinder, how did you first interact with Ms. First,
9: through texts that we would talk about hockey and she had a Chicago Blackhawks jersey I'm a hockey fan, so we would text about hockey.
5: The whole so reason Deputy, Deputy DA Jeff McGee wants Bob on the stand is to show jurors a pattern, that Mayor used her Irish inheritance scam on a lot of other people. Not just me.
8: What, if anything, did Miss Smith ever tell you about her financial situation? She had a trust fund back in Ireland. She had said it was $25 million. At some point, did the Irish inheritance that she mentioned become important in your interaction with her?
9: It uh, was. Well, she was using that money to purchase a home. At The time it was listed at $15 million. She was... Working on a financial deal of buying that home. She's worked out also part of that financial deal. She's going to pay off my two homes. And I'm just talking about putting me on a title for her home that she's purchasing a hand in front of the mark. And in exchange, I put her on title for my two homes. I just
8: want to clarify in exchange for you going on the title with the home that she was supposedly planning to purchase. She was asking you to put her as a co-owner of the houses that you already
5: owned? Right. even writes up a detailed financial plan on a piece of paper, showing Bob how she's going to spend her $25 million inheritance. Thank God Bob has the presence of mind to snap a picture of it before Mere crumples it up and throws it away. That piece of paper is now projected on a big movie screen for the entire court to see.
9: What is that document? This is the financial plan that we worked out
8: in my kitchen. And uh, who wrote this document? mayor.
5: And mayor even uses Bob's own kids to strengthen her influence on him. The prosecutor zeroes in on that while going down mayor's list of future expenditures.
8: What was the plan for that $1,950,000? I got
9: a young son who likes Lamborghinis. She was gonna buy a Lamborghini
5: dollars no, The entire courtroom is transfixed, except for Mayor. Yeah, she's got her poker face on, can't tell what she's thinking. Her attorney, though, tries to discredit that financial plan, grasping at straws. As far as writing
11: all this information down, you guys are sitting down together doing this? we sitting down in my kitchen, scratching it out. Okay. Were you drinking? No drinking wine, or anything
5: like that? Points for effort, right? In a stunning turn of events, the next witness called to the stand is Mayor's own daughter, Chelsea Welch.
2: I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather. Now at chumpacasino.com.
1: Welcome to the family.
3: No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.
1: This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
5: Prosecutors are putting mayor's daughter, Chelsea, on the stand to prove that mayor's Irish inheritance claim is a ball faced lie.
8: Does your family um access to any sort of trust fund, inherited wealth, any sort of source of finances related to a vast fortune coming from either Ireland or Northern Ireland? Absolutely not. Nothing
5: you had nothing to gain by this. You live cross country in Tennessee. The district attorney had to fly you out to LA. You got held up in Dallas for a day. It was a nightmare. You had to miss work. Why did you testify against your mother? Why did you go so far out of your way? Why did you do that?
6: I feel like she has skated by just everything in her life like she is never going to receive any type of reprimand for this behavior and it just it disgusted me and I knew that just, unfortunately, like, based on my childhood of living with a person that's obsessed with, like, true crime, I wasn't convinced that she was going to get prosecuted if I didn't go. Because, realistically, the things that she did, like, they're obviously very morally long, but legally, the courts could have just been like, you know, you guys were silly. You gave her this money. You shouldn't have believed her. Sorry. So I was like, they have to know this isn't like some new thing that's happening because that's definitely the picture they were going to try to paint that it's just, you know, like she was struggling or they were going to pull some like mental thing out. And I was just thinking like, this is your only chance.
5: The love and gratitude I feel towards Chelsea for doing this is immeasurable. If you're a juror, and you see the defendant's own daughter testifying against her, what would your takeaway be? The deputy DA knows exactly what to ask Chelsea on the stand. He's not allowed to ask about mayor's criminal history or prior bad acts. That would be inadmissible. But there's more than one way to skin a cat or a con artist in this case.
8: As you sit here today, do you have strong feelings about your mother one way or the other? Yes and what are those feelings?
6: My mother, my entire life, has been a compulsive liar and has often fabricated stories that no one else can corroborate. I think that she's a very troubled person who has used her intelligence malevolently and the things that she has been accused of I'm absolutely disgusted
5: by. While Chelsea is testifying, mayor is whispering things into her attorney's ear. He then uses what mayor tells him to try and discredit Chelsea on the stand. But Chelsea isn't having it.
11: Is it safe to say that you're upset with your mother for pulling you out of school moving you to Northern Ireland?
6: It is safe to say I was upset at being 11 years old having to lie to people about moving to meet someone that she barely knew. But I have no indebted against her because of
5: that. The next witness to testify is one of Mayer's former psychic clients, who later becomes Mayer's life coaching client and who she scams out of $10,000 by pretending to be a psychologist.
7: She portrayed herself as being certified in psychology, and she had a degree in psychology. Okay. Um,
5: but the jury isn't allowed to hear how Mayor scammed this victim out of ten grand. No prior bad acts allowed, remember? The DA does want her to corroborate Mayor's Irish inheritance story, though.
8: Over the course of your relationship with her, did she say anything to you about her personal financial situation?
7: Yeah, you on know, numerous occasions, I know that she came from Irish royalty and I saw in the house that she was supposed to inherit, her family lived in Cork, she was supposed to inherit $25 million. Did anything
8: about the comments that she made ever around suspicion of you? Oh yes. How so? It just didn't make
7: sense that someone has a psychic business but going to inherit $25 million and she was also... There was money taken out of my
4: accounts on numerous occasions. There was different activities that, you know, she was always financially strapped, so it just didn't make sense.
5: Nothing, Mayor says, makes sense under the harsh fluorescent lights of a courtroom. I'm the last witness the prosecution puts on the stand. Everything is riding on me.
6: Can you please state and spell your first and last name for the record? Um, Jonathan
5: Walton, J O H N A T H A N Walton. I'm a nervous wreck, and I'm scared. I've been working two years for this very moment. There's no turning back now.
8: At any point, at this beginning stage of your friendship, did she say anything to you about her financial situation? She did. What were the representations she made to you in 2013? You have all day. Jackson.
5: I got under her attorney's skin almost immediately.
8: What sort of statements did she make to you about her financial situation
5: at this beginning stage in your relationship? So early on, she told me she was from Ireland. She had this picture hanging in her apartment, and it was, she said the Irish constitution. Now, I don't know much about Ireland, so I just believed her. She said her uncle had signed the Irish constitution that she had framed in her apartment. And she presented herself as essentially Irish royalty. Like right? she told me about this $25 million estate that's being dissolved, and she's gonna get a portion of it, and her cousin Finton is fighting with her. You know, that's why she's in LA because she doesn't get along with a family in Ireland, and she had a strange accent that I just, I guess that's an Irish-American. So I just accepted everything at face value. And you know, she was my friend. Didn't think she was mine. I explained to the court how Mayor tricks me out of tens of thousands of dollars over the course of our four-year friendship using an elaborate series of confidence tricks, inventing an evil Irish family, inventing an inheritance, and making me believe all her bank accounts were frozen. How does this personally affect you? if you've ever maxed out your credit cards, they raise your rate to like 24.9 percent, 25 percent. I was swimming like two, three grand a month in interest charges. After I tried to stay above water, I tried to pay off what I could. I tried to call PayPal and I called the credit card companies and I'm trying to explain what happened to me. I'm giving them the police report. I'm, I'm being interviewed by the LAPD. I had no—I had to file for bankruptcy. Like this, financially ruined me. And what effect does violent bankruptcy have? Uh, my pre- I can't even buy a sofa. My credit's destroyed. Did you take any other steps? This has been a 22 month quest to bring her to justice. I took many steps. I hired six private investigators in every state she had felonies. 39 victims contacted me through my website I started. So? Yeah, I took that, steps. So, you created a website? Yes. What's the nature of the website? To warn people about her. She has 23 different aliases. Mayor's defense attorney begins his cross-examination hitting back hard with this false narrative to the jury that I'm just making everything up.
11: Now, this blog that you created, this is the only place you're able to find on the internet where... She supposedly is uh, an Irish heiress. Is that correct? I don't understand your question.
5: He's really pissing me off.
11: You're asking the witness if he has seen any documentation of anywhere else on the internet other than things that he's put out there. Okay. That it's a it's a scam or that it's legitimate. Then then it's whatever. Then there's a big difference, dude. Okay. I'm sorry if the truth is a sticking point for you. First of all, I'm not new. Okay, we're the corporate. I realize that, but I'm not as familiar as you or your client with a corporate. Isn't it true, Mr. Walton, that when you lent my client the money, you lent her the money because she was your best friend? That is partially
5: true. I wouldn't have loaned her the money if she didn't make up all the lies to get the money. So Mm -hmm. you're missing a huge part of that, so it's not that simple, I'm sorry.
11: Is it also true that you are working on a
5: document? That I'm currently working on? About this kid. Oh, absolutely. I'm trying to warn the world about her, do public service. God knows, I wish someone made a documentary when I was friends with her.
11: But in making that documentary, you have to sort of spice it out bit. Is that no. right? There? No. Okay. Is it true that you're sort of a sensational journalist? No, okay. that's not true at all. Okay. But you were a reporter. I was. And the people who you have write like, stories are your friends? No, that is completely false.
5: The only reporters I know are in Houston, Texas, where I used to work.
10: During the trial, when you were on the stand, did you get emotional at all? The trial was hard for me because her defense attorney
5: made up a whole ulterior reality. And he was just so confident that I'm making everything up to make a documentary, that I got all these other witnesses to lie. That's what he's telling the jury in his questioning to me, that I'm getting all these witnesses to lie, that I have my friends at newspapers and TV stations doing stories. He paints me as this movie-making Svengali with all this power to get all these things done. And as he's doing this, I'm livid. I'm like, what the, it's like abuse. Like, I'm the victim here.
11: As far as you know, wherever she was living, she was paying her bills, she was paying them on time. So she had an income, is that correct? Yeah. And that income was from her psychic business. And you knew about that all along.
5: The psychic thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I didn't know until she got fired from the travel agency. Um, I didn't
10: okay, know she was okay. psychic. I'll go
11: wherever you want to go to. I got the truth on my side. All right, let's see. You keep saying she told you that her bank account was frozen. Prosecution froze it. OK. Your testimony, right? And the truth.
10: Okay. I remember on the stand, like, he would say something, and you could literally hear it in your voice. Yeah. Like, just how you'd respond to him, like, fuck you. When
11: she was doing this, you were still going out with her on a regular basis. I don't
5: like going out with her because that implies a romantic relationship. I'm
11: a very gay man, I'm not going out with a woman. You had possession of her property for a while, is that correct? While she was getting a slap on the wrist 30 days in jail, she gave me a box of her stuff and said, And and that's when you went through her her property? So it was
5: while she was doing the 30 days in jail, I discovered I was scammed. Everything she told me about the case was a lie. So I got scared and I went through her property. I took pictures of everything and I submitted those pictures and an explanation in my police report. And I, when I saw her and confronted her, I handed her back her property, and I have the audio recording to prove it. On my phone if you want to hear it now. Your Honor, um, could we take a break right now, if that's okay? What terrified me was, all they needed was one juror not to believe me. Right. And then you have a hung jury, you have a mistrial, then you have to do it all again. Right. And I guarantee you, Bob wouldn't testify again, Chelsea would not testify again, like... No one wants to go through that again. I sure as fuck didn't want to have to testify again. It was traumatic. But that's all you need is one jury to think, maybe Jonathan is making everything up for a movie. And that's exactly what Mayor's defense attorney stresses to the jury during closing arguments.
11: Mr. Walton created law, and he began to attack my client. This was all done from Mr. Walton's perspective because he wants to make a movie. I told you at the beginning, this is a settlement, and it should have been court. But we're here. We've had cameras here recording this.
5: And thank God we do. The trial comes to an end after four days of testimony. Mayor refuses to testify in her own defense, and she wasn't even able to find a single solitary witness to testify on her behalf. But jurors are instructed not to hold that against her, as they begin deliberations. I remember glancing at the jury while I was being questioned, and I remember all the times I skipped out on jury duty or made up excuses not to be in a jury. Everyone, you know, fights jury duty. And I swore to God, I'm like, God, if you get me a conviction, I will be a juror. Because I was hoping the jury was smart enough and paying attention and could see through the lies that her defense attorney was saying. And I made a vow to God that if he just lets them see the truth, the next time I'm called for a jury duty, I will serve happily, and I'll apply myself, and I'll be the jury foreman, and we'll we'll try for justice. Serving on a jury is so important because their lives hanging in the balance, you know, like mine was. And they need smart people, not just people who can't talk themselves out of jury duty. George,
9: you signaled a verdict. Do so you have a unanimous verdict in this case? Yes, we do.
5: Okay, so the jurors, jurors reach a verdict court. in just three hours, which could be good, or could be really bad. I'm on pins and needles, right up to the moment the verdict is read aloud in court. This
4: is of California, County of Los Angeles.
6: The people of the state of California versus Mary Ann Smith. Leave the jury in the above-entitled action by the defendant, Mary Ann Smith, guilty at the of the crime of grand theft in violation of penal
3: code section 47, subsection A, a felony as charged in capital of the information, dated in this 9th of January, 2019. Ladies and gentlemen of the
6: jury, is this your true and correct verdict assessing 1 assessing Law? law? Yes.
9: yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Mr. Peterson, would you like to have the jurors
10: call? Mm-hmm. Jury comes back, guilty verdict. Like, how do you feel? It was
5: like mm-hmm. a huge weight had lifted. It was just relief and joy and satisfaction and just a swirl of emotions, but all of them good, all of them happy, all of them... I was thrilled. It's like that moment where everything you worked for, it paid off. She got convicted. You know, it wasn't in vain. I was relieved.
12: Right Rug Flooring.
1: at purdueglobal.edu.
5: By the time a Los Angeles jury convicts mayor of grand theft by false pretense, I'm out $91,784 total. Most of it is what mayor scammed from me. The rest I had to spend on lawyers, private investigators, and paying credit card interest. During sentencing, mayor's attorney goes long for a Hail Mary pass. Instead of jail time...
11: I'm going to ask the court to consider putting Mrs. Smith on probation, um, despite um, what the court's heard. I to that's out of the question.
5: I understand. Can't blame a guy for trying, right? The judge sentences Mayor to the maximum five years in jail, but she'll only actually have to serve two and a half. To stem jail overcrowding and to incentivize inmates to behave while locked up, Los Angeles County only requires them to serve half their time. If Mare had taken the plea deal of one year in jail before the trial, she would have been out in six months. And while the jury wasn't allowed to hear the full history of all of Mayor's cons, the judge was. And he unloads on her during sentencing because he realizes now what I've known for the past two years. She is really an inveterate
9: thief and someone who is... I think classically referred to as a sociopath. She showed no remorse, no sense of contrition of any sort whatsoever while we were hearing testimony about how grievously impacted the victim in this case. Mr. Walton was by virtue of her behavior. I have people who without any apparent justification or, or thought take the lives of other people You didn't do that here in the strictest sense, but you've damaged someone considerably. And even as I look at you now, you just seem unaffected by it. So I don't know what to say for you other than that. You've got to stop doing this sort of thing. You've got to live not on your wits, but instead on hard work. And I hope that you change your ways.
5: So Mare goes to jail in January of 2019. Watching her led out of the courtroom in handcuffs, crestfallen and haggard, almost makes me feel sorry for her. Almost. She's supposed to be released from jail in two and a half years, in June of 2021. Northern Ireland is ready to extradite her as soon as she is. But then...
3: For top story, we're learning more about the state's plan to release inmates from jails and prisons across California in an effort to stop the spread of COVID-19.
5: In December of 2020, seven months before she's scheduled to be released, Mayor gets sprung. She's out of jail right now, right? Because of COVID, she got out early, because they're releasing a lot of non-violent criminals early. Right. And COVID has helped her in another way she was supposed to be extradited to Northern Ireland when she was released from jail here in Los Angeles. But because of COVID, Northern Ireland's on lockdown because they're surging in cases. So they're not putting any importance on extraditing a nonviolent criminal. you know. So I went on LinkedIn and I found some LA County parole officers. I reached out to like a dozen of them. A couple of them got back to me. I just wanted information how the parole system works. So I got one on the phone, talked to her for like an hour. And she told me point blank, so if she stops showing up for parole every month, we won't know she's missing at least for like a year. Because every parole officer has 400 cases they're dealing with. 400 parolees they got to check in with every month. And it takes months before they realize that one's missing. So she could very well escape into the ether and never be
10: heard from again. You know? I like how your eyes lit up like that. That was a good line, though. I liked it. Thanks, As the producer in me, I liked it. <laughs> If it was me, like, my first in- inclination... Would be to run away and hide. Like, if I got took for all that money? Oh. Like, I would feel ashamed, you know? Like, I'd feel like I'd question myself. Because you talk to people and, and immediately, like, oh, yeah, she stole money, but a lot of these pe- you found out a lot of these people didn't come forward. Why do you no. think that is? Well, everyone is so ashamed. And
5: I've learned everyone is so embarrassed and shackled by the thought of, what will people think? Right. But as an openly gay man, and I think any openly gay person has that advantage that the others don't have, regular no way. people. Because when you're open when you come out of the closet, the world is not anxious to greet you with hugs and kisses and acceptance. I made peace with not giving a fuck what people think when I was thirty, you know, sixteen years ago when I came out. Because you can't. As an openly gay person, you can't care what people think or you'll die. Because most people don't approve There are parts of the world. Gay people are still being put to death. Even in the United States of America in 2021, gay people are being kicked out of their families, kicked out of their apartments, fired from their jobs for being gay. So to come out, you already have to divorce yourself from caring what people think. So I didn't have that. And that helped me. Never for a second did it occur to me, well, what are people going to think? I was so angry and I wanted justice. It didn't even occur to me to care what people think. And that was an advantage. Do you hate her now? I did hate her for a long time, but I have made peace. I don't hate her. And in a weird way, I'm grateful. I'm grateful she scammed me. Why? Because it revealed in me a person I didn't know existed, someone I didn't know I could be, I've become. And I like that person. I'm like a private investigator. I'm helping victims of other cons get justice. I'm, you know, I like who it turned me into. It's like you with your, you know, train wreck of a marriage. (laughs) Aren't you glad? Yeah. Aren't you glad it was a train wreck? Because yeah. look at you now. You have a beautiful wife. You have a beautiful kid. Look at the amazing life you have. Only yeah. because you went through that train wreck of a divorce.
10: I guess sometimes you got to just go through hell to come out the other end. And, and I'll ask you the same question. Do you hate your
5: ex-wife? No, not no. at all.
10: Even after what she did. You don't hate her. No, not at all. I wish her the best.
5: I can't say I wish Mayor the <laughs> best. <laughs> because to wish her the best means she's going to scam more people. But I don't wish her ill. Even though I'll say I hope she gets help and becomes a better person, I don't think she's capable because I don't think she has a soul, which sounds harsh. I don't take it personally that she scammed me. I was just in her way. It's like if you get attacked by a shark, you can't hate the shark. The shark is just doing what sharks do. There's no prethought or planning. You're just in their way. They're gonna attack you. She's a con artist. She's gonna con whoever's around her. She's always been conning since she was a girl. And now she's 52. She's not gonna change. Mayor's daughter Chelsea has known that for 30 years now. At this point, nothing surprises her. So your mom got released early because of COVID.
6: That's what I was figuring.
5: How does that make you feel? Are you worried she's going to come after you?
6: Oh, I'm not worried. If she is really that idiot, like, I'm just hoping that she knows now like, in this situation, like, I am the alpha and I'm not scared. Um, she will never touch me again. She will never harm me again. She will never have power over my emotional state. But because she knows I basically put her in jail, I will always have power over her and I have no trouble asserting that now until the day I take my last breath. Or she does, whatever happens first.
5: Wow, <laughs> I know how she feels. I'm trying to keep tabs on Mayor's whereabouts in Los Angeles. Now I'm parked out front of the last place I saw her 18 months ago. But she's not there. And I have no idea where she is. Neither does the private detective I hired to track her down. Which is troubling because Marianne Elizabeth Smith is a master of disguise. She's also had a bunch of plastic surgery. Google her. The way she looks in Northern Ireland pulling cons as a blonde is completely different from the way she looks in Tennessee pulling cons as a brunette, which is completely different from the way she looks in Los Angeles pulling cons with jet black hair. Keep your eyes peeled and your ears open. The next time a kind and friendly stranger offers to help you with something, it could very well be Marianne Smith, but that won't be the name she's using, I assure you. So... Pay close attention. You've all been warned. For exclusive photos and other bonus material, follow at Queen of the Con on Instagram. And if you're enjoying Queen of the Con, tell your friends about it and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Queen of the Con, The Irish Heiress, is a production of AYR Media and iHeartRadio, hosted by me, Jonathan Walton. Executive Producers Jonathan Walton for Jonathan Walton Productions and Elisa Rosen for AYR Media. Written by Jonathan Walton. Consulting Producer Evan Goldstein. Senior Associate Producer Eric Newman. Sound Design by Baked ZD Media. Mixed and Mastered by Elliot Herman. Audio engineering by Elliot Herman. Studio engineering by Chris McMasters. Voice acting performed by Neil Goldstein. Legal counsel for AYR Media, Gianni Douglas. Executive producer for iHeartRadio, Chandler Mays.
12: Right Rug Flooring.
3: work.